There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I praise you. I thank you so much for the opportunity to get to fellowship with all these people today. Um, I get choked up every time I think about just you allowing us to plant a church. Um, it's always awesome to see so many of the same faces, but then like today, so many new faces. Um, Father, for those visitors that are here, I need them to know and understand how much that means to this entire church. Um, we put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into building this thing in the last two years. And uh, every time a new face comes to the door, that's just confirmation. And, and we thank you for that. And um, Father, I just ask that not only our visitors, but our regulars, that they get something from your message today. Father, I know that you have prepared something great. Um, you've really been working on me the last 48 hours for this sermon. And uh, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed every second of it. I've been humbled. Um, Father, I ask that you continue to do that. If it takes that to get your word, I will I'll gladly accept it. I have no problem with that. And uh, Father, I want to thank you for the obedience of this church. Um, my brothers who have stood up and fought for me, my brothers and my sisters, um, because you told them to. And that just means the world to me um, to see a church that, uh, that backs, backs their brothers and sisters. There's nothing more amazing than watching that and, and doing it all out of your love and your compassion. Uh, but Father, right now in this moment, I need you to anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, I need you to take all my selfishness, my pride. Father, just take it away from me. Father, that is not of you. I ask that you strip those two things away and you replace it with your love and your boldness. That's what I need today. Father, I ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. Amen. All right. In the last couple weeks, we have been learning about the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, last week, we talked about the gifts of knowledge, wisdom, and then finished up with the gifts of faith. Um, today, just like in the last two weeks, I want to start by looking again at the biblical definition of the Holy Spirit. Come on, Nick. Oh, Nick's not here. Good job, Sarah. Good job. Everybody give Sarah a round of applause back here. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, God spiritually active in the world. Now, I want to show y'all in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that come up. We've got a list of those. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, that's what we preached on last week. Uh, healing, performing miracles, prophecy, distinguishing spirits, speaking languages, and interpreting languages. Okay? Today I want to preach on healing, and I want to preach on prophecy. If I get to it, I may not get to it. Now for those of you that are uh, visiting uh, or missed the last couple of weeks, I want to explain something. These gifts are not weird, they're not scary, and they're not crazy. They're not. They only seem that way because there's too many churches that have been teaching it the wrong way or too many churches that haven't been teaching it at all. In fact, we know from the very first sentence 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that Paul wants us to learn and understand these gifts. Last two weeks we've read this. We're going to read it again. If you could go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. And now, brothers... Now, who's he talking to when he says brothers and sisters? Thank you. It's the church. So, And now, church, I want to write about the special abilities the Holy Spirit gives to each of you for I... Or excuse me, for I don't want any misunderstanding about them. I want to talk about these two things that I have in bold. Gives to each of you. Again, you do not have the gift. The Holy Spirit allows you to use the gift. He allows access to these gifts. He allows you to have the Holy Spirit work through you to heal, to perform miracles, to speak in tongues, so forth and so on. Okay? And then for I don't want any misunderstanding about them, again, there's so many churches that I, I keep continuing to hear that they don't believe in these things. Um, really frustrates me. I'm going to go a little off topic. There are some churches that say that the disciples, that, that, excuse me, that the, the spiritual gifts died with the disciples. And we've talked about this a little bit in the last couple of weeks. But one of the things that I wanted to mention that's really hit me if that's the case and they don't think there's even some that even say that you can't hear God speak anymore there are pastors that have actually preached that that you can't hear God speak anymore my question to those pastors is this who called you to preach then who called you to plant a church because I know good and well when God told me to do it Guys, spiritual gifts are real, and again, it's because of either not teaching them or the way they've been taught, it has caused so much confusion in our churches. That's why we're preaching these series, and that's why I want to talk about these today, because healing is one that a lot of people have a lot of frustration over. Now, for those of you that, uh, excuse me, uh, no, 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 I want to go to the gift. Oh, yeah, healing, let's go to the gift. Let's go straight to healing, the definition of healing, the gift of conducting God's healing powers into the lives of God's people. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 through 9. I want to look at it real quick. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings, by the same spirit. If you notice in bold, those are plural. Okay? They, 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 they end with an S. For those of you that aren't English majors, that means more than one. Do we have any English majors in this room right now? Any at all? We got one back here in the back. Yeah, you're, you're mean, man. Like, English majors, like, how many times do y'all sit down and you're talking to somebody? My mom, mom's over here. Oh, crud. My mom's just looked at me really bad. My mom was an English teacher for 30 years. So, so how many times, though, that you're having a conversation with somebody, and, you know, you say potato, and they say, no, it's potato, you know, or, you know, library. No, it's library. No, it's library, okay? In southern Arkansas and northeast Texas, it's library. That's what it is. Today, we're going to the parking lot behind the library. Taters. Thank you. It's taters. not even potatoes. It's taters, right? But I know I'm not the only one that has that problem. Anyway, let's, let's get past that. There are multiple gifts for multiple types of healings. Okay, again, it's plural. 
So healings means there's more than one thing we need to be healed from. Can we agree on that? Healings, more than one? Awesome. There's actually three. I want to go look at these things. There's three different types of healings that we need. Physical healing, emotional healing, and spiritual healing. Three different ones. I want to start with physical healing. You have a few different options to get help with physical healing. You can go to a doctor, a physician, a physical therapist, a chiropractor, or even a masseuse. Is that how you pronounce that? Okay. Is that how you pronounce that? Is that good? Okay. Good deal. But you always need to start with the true healer. You start with him first. But you give him a chance to fix your problem physically first. I was talking to my brother Joseph earlier, and that's what we were talking about. He, his back's down, and I told him, I said, well, did you pray about it? He said, the first thing I did, I was down on my back. He said, I was on the ground praying. You know, that's the first thing he did. The pain will get you there, man. Pain will take you straight to God every time. <laughs> in fact, in fact, I tell you, one time, <laughs> uh, I had to, uh, I have a torn AC. I actually had two torn ACs, but this one's really, really bad. And uh, I had to go to the doctor to, to get a shot, okay, uh, a steroid shot. And, and when I went, uh, I didn't realize how long that needle is, okay. It's like that long, okay. And anyway, the doctor, this is when you know it's bad, is I'm sitting there, you know, I hate the, why are those seats so high, by the way? Like your feet are dangling, like you feel like you're going to fall off. And so anyway, I'm sitting there, and I'm leaned over, and he gets close to my head, and he says, this is going to hurt. When your doctor says it's going to hurt, it's going to hurt, okay? Because doctors usually don't do that. And, and I'm going to tell you what, when he hit me with that needle, that's a pain that, that I cannot describe, okay? I broke out in cold sweats. I almost fell out, you know. I got home. I was telling Amanda about it. She laughed at me. I was like, it ain't even funny. <laughs> but, you know, it hit me. About the time he stuck me with that needle, it hit me. I didn't pray about this first. God reminded me of it when he hit me with that pain. I should have prayed about it beforehand. It's the truth of it. Emotional healing. Like physical healing, you have a few different options to get help with emotional healing as well. You can go to a therapist, a, a, a psychiatrist, a family member, a friend, a spouse, or even your pastor. You notice I put him last. Go to mother folks first. But again, you always need to start with the true healer. Don't go to these people first. You start with prayer, guys. Always start with prayer. Doesn't matter what kind of pain you have, emotional, physical, or, you know, spiritual. You should always go that direction first. A long time ago, back in my, uh, what I call my B.C. days, it's before Christ. It's not funny. I had a buddy who came to me that was in need of some help, some, some emotional healing. His, his girlfriend broke up with him. So I did what any, you know, good friend would do when your buddy comes to you that needs some emotional healing from a girlfriend. We went out on the town, man. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, right? And, uh, you know, the next morning, uh, that old boy woke up and uh, he, he rolled over and there was something, somebody there. And uh, he realized real quick he should have prayed about it, you know, obviously before he came to me for help. <laughs> we're not going to mention his name because he married that girl, so we're going to keep our mouth shut. 
Then you need spiritual healing. <laughs> that is funny. I ain't gonna lie. He's going to be so mad at me. If, he, if he's watching right now, he's going to be so ticked. And she knows too. Spiritual healing. True spiritual healing only comes from God. Uh, now, you can get help from others, pastors, elders, deacons, or mentors. But again, make dang sure they are God-led. Make dang sure, guys, when you're struggling with spiritual healing, that you're going to the right people. Make sure that they know that Bible. Make sure that they have a very strong relationship with God. If not, you're better off on your own. Try and figure it out. I'll just be honest with you. It's so important. We talked about this Wednesday night. You've got to surround yourself with good people. You have to. Now that we understand our healing needs, those three needs, uh, I want to show you guys the multiple gifts of the healings. There are five gifts that are mentioned in the Bible for healings, okay? We're going to go number one, uh, you can heal yourself. You do this by finding a promise in the Word of God and standing on that promise. One of the most famous Bible verses is Jeremiah 29, 11. That's where I know the plan. Jeremiah 29, 11. Psh. Is it not working? There you go. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Okay. That's a promise. You stand on that promise. One of my favorite Bible verses that I use all the time when it comes to healing is Matthew 17, 20, which is the mustard seed verse. You have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. And uh, one of my mentors, Don, taught me this. And I didn't realize it. And some of y'all heard me teach on this verse quite a few times. But we've got a lot of new faces in here. So I'm going to teach on it again. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can tell that mountain to move from here to there. When you're struggling with something, when you need healing in something, that's your mountain. You tell it to move. And you speak to it. You speak to it. Don't be silent. God wants you to speak to that mountain. He says, speak to the mountain. And tell it to move. Use that, guys. You'd be surprised in your life, regardless of the healing that you need, physical, emotional, or spiritual, how many times that verse has helped me in my walk. Speak to it. Don't cower down to it. When you speak to it, you speak boldly. You can pray with others as well, other strong believers. That's another way that you can get these healings. In Matthew 18, 20, uh, for, uh, for where uh, two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. There are many, many times that I have reached out to my brothers and my sisters and asked for prayer. Many times. Twice this week. Guys, surround yourself with those people that you can do that. I mean, I'm telling you right now, this is a question I have for you. Don't answer it, but I want you to answer it to yourself. Right now, if something was to happen, do you have two or three people that you can text right now, not just to pray for you, to be a prayer warrior for you? It's a big difference there, guys. Big difference. I will say this. You get involved in this church long enough, you'll have a lot more than three. I promise. Again, Surround yourself with strong people. You can go to the elders of the church to receive healing. Let's go to James chapter 5, 14 through 15. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil 
in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offering in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. If you notice, I have you in bold. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders. This is something me and Don just talked about not too long ago. You have to go to the elders. And I think the reason why it's in bold and the reason why James is saying that is because if it's not you going, I think he might question the faith that you have. But if you're going, you have faith. That's a step of faith already. It's a step of faith and it's a step of obedience because it's telling you to go to the elders. And when you talk about anointing with oil, I actually have my anointing oil right here. And then some of you are like, oil? That's weird. No, it's just really not. This is olive oil. It's just a little tube of olive oil. And you literally will put a little bit on your finger and you anoint it on top of somebody's forehead. That's what we do as elders and pastors of this church. Some people think that's weird. I'm going to tell you right now, it's extremely normal when you are a child of God. It is something that I do constantly. I do it with my children, do it with my wife, do it with my friends, do it with loved ones, do it with the congregation. If you don't have a little tube of oil, I have some, but you can literally get some olive oil out of your dadgum cabinet. It's not about the oil. That's not what's healing anything. It's an act of obedience that it's asking you to do. That's all that is. Healing starts with an act of obedience. The next step is faith. The next step is healing. That's how it works. Now, I know to some of y'all this sounds a little crazy, again, with oil and stuff like that. Just wait two more weeks when I preach on the gift of tongues. But again, there's a major order on how these things need to be done. And our God is a God of order, and this is a church of order. We'll teach it, but we're going to teach it right. Amen? Thank you. Two times, uh, I got I to mention this. Um, I have seen this, and I have seen healing two times. Uh, it was a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, Don was an elder at, at our old church, and a gentleman named Randy Powell, who's a dear friend of mine who passed away last month. Y'all remember me talking about that. Uh, both of them were elders, and they went to Chris Myatt, who's not here today. Uh, but Chris went to the doctor. The doctor said that he had cancer. Uh, he was really down. But Chris knew what to do. He reached out to the elders of the church. They came and anointed him with oil. The next doctor's appointment that he had, or no, I take that back, he actually had to go in and have surgery. And when he woke up from surgery, he's sitting in his bed, and they come in, and they say, well, we got good news, and we got bad news. And he said, well, give me the bad news first. He said, well, we cut you open for no reason. Good news is you ain't got cancer. That's healing. My mother-in-law, who's not in here right now, I'm glad she's, damn, I'm getting choked up. I'm glad she's not in here. She had cancer <clears throat> back during COVID time. And she came to me and Don and Randy and Kirby at the time, our elders. And we prayed over her in that back room. And I'll never forget when she got up and walked out, I looked Don right in the eye and I said, she's healed. I felt it. Now, the difference between these two stories. Chris was an instant healing. Debbie was a process healing. She was healed. It just took a little time. 
I need y'all to understand some people, why would God do that? Why wouldn't he just instantly heal somebody? Well, sometimes there's a testimony along the way that's going to touch a lot more people than an instant healing. And my mother-in-law has been a walking, talking testimony ever since. It's been a beautiful thing to watch. That's two times that I've witnessed beautiful healing with, with the anointing of elders. And the, uh, the fourth reason, or the fourth way, that, uh, the, the fourth gift, excuse me, of healings. Uh, go to someone who has the gift of healing. Have them release healing into you. Uh, I want to go look at the story of the woman who had the issue with the blood in the Gospel of Luke. If we could go to Luke chapter 8. I'm going to give you all a minute to get there because I'm going to read about five verses. There's some things I want you all to see in there. Luke chapter 8. We're going to start with verse 43. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. There's actually some translations that say she spent all the money she ever had trying to find a cure. Went through tons of doctors. Could not find a cure. Impossible. They deemed her impossible to cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched, she touched, she touched, touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, those, or excuse me, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. Go to verse 47. We're going to skip 46, 47. Then the woman saw that she was discovered. She came trembling and fell down before Jesus. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly healed. Jesus says, daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So you go to someone that has healing, the healing power. You allow them to pass that through to you, the healing power. Very real, very, very real. I've seen that many times. I'm, I've got some stories to tell on that. But here's the part I really need you to catch. The fifth way to receive healing the fifth gift, the fifth thing that the Bible tells us to receive healing is right here in this exact story. The lady didn't just go to Jesus and touch his cloak. She declared it, that she was healed. She didn't second guess it. She declared it to everyone and then he says, it was your faith that has saved you. So, number five, declare your faith and receive the healing. Guys, when God heals you of something, just like Chris and just like Debbie, don't shy away from telling that testimony. Testimony could touch a lot of people. He tells us to go spread the good news. That's the good news. He's not just talking about the Bible. He's not just talking about the Old Testament and the New Testament. He's talking about the Now Testament too. Guys, I, can't, I promise you, everyone sitting in this room, God has done something amazing in your life. 
I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I promise you. When's the last time you told that to somebody? Are you not doing it just because you don't have the courage? You're scared? If you're a child of God, you can walk with boldness and you can tell that testimony anytime you want to. And here's the great thing about it. I promise you, there's times that God will nudge you to tell those testimonies. You'll feel it. You'll feel it. And when you do, he's not doing that for no reason. Whatever he's nudging you towards, somebody there needs to hear it. Do not back away from giving the good news. That's our job. Another story of healing. I actually got two I want to give you guys real quick. Some of y'all know this story as well. Again, this was actually from a testimony that I gave the very first Sunday that we opened this church. And it's um, with my wife, Amanda. <clears throat> my wife and I went on a trip. It was our anniversary trip. Anyway, this was right after I had told her that God asked me to plant and pastor a church. And she was having a hard time believing it, understanding it, and accepting it, which is very understandable. But it didn't last but 24 hours. That night, we had gone to a Queen concert, by the way. Queen. It was really good, by the way. It was really good. When we got back, a lot of y'all know, you know, Micah goes to bed like 9 o'clock at the latest. Like, I'm done. I turn into a pumpkin at like 9.30. We got back at like midnight or 1 in the morning. I don't remember. I was done. I was spent. And I remember laying on the bed and falling asleep. And the last thing I remember was Amanda was washing her face in the bathroom. It's the last thing I remember. In the middle of the night, Amanda wakes me up. And I could feel the heat from her body. She was on fire. Just major fever. And I asked her, I said, baby, what's wrong? And she said, I feel terrible. Without her saying another word, I immediately placed my hand on her thigh and I claimed healing. I just rebuked Satan and claimed healing over my wife. I could not keep my eyes open, but I was worried to death about her. And I tried to stay awake, and I couldn't. And men, I think everybody in this room knows if your wife is sick and she don't feel good, you're going to stay awake. I could not stay awake. My eyes were so heavy. I couldn't understand. So I fell asleep. The next morning I wake up, and this hotel that we were staying at had a bed, and then there was like a couch across from it. And I wake up, and uh, I'm blind as a bat. You know, I wake up, can't see anything, but I see you know, something sitting on the couch over there, which I assume, obviously, is Amanda. And I lean over, I grab my glasses, and she's looking right at me. And she says, do you have any idea what happened last night? I said, no idea. I said, but how do you feel? She said, I feel great. And she said, Mike, I woke up in the middle of the night. She said, never felt that bad. Terrible fever, terrible headache, uh, chills. Uh, she said, but immediately when that happened, God told me to wake you up and that you would claim healing over me. She didn't say she was supposed to ask me. She said I would. Man was perfectly healthy 
that next morning. Perfectly healthy. She realized in that moment that this is all real and that God wanted us to plant a church to teach this exact testimony, to teach these things to warriors in this church. There's a lot that goes with this story, but the most important thing is this. When pain attacks, sickness, you know what? No. When the evil one attacks, you attack back with prayer immediately. Do not, don't, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. If you were going into a boxing match against Mike Tyson in his prime, not the tattooed-faced one, okay? We're talking, we're talking Mike Tyson punch-out 1989 Nintendo game, right? Like, y'all know I'm the, who knows that game, by the way? True Christians, love y'all, thank you. I never could beat Mike Tyson, by the way. Went all the way through, couldn't beat Mike Tyson, though. That dude punch you one time, you're out. But anyway, so, so let's, say, let's say you're facing him in the ring, right? And as soon as it starts, as soon as the bell rings, you're going up to him and you're halfway trained and you know he's wide open for a shot. Aren't you going to give it all you got? Because I promise you, if you don't, and you don't knock him out, he's going to knock you out. It's the same thing in the ring when you're battling spiritual warfare. You take that first punch and you give it all you got. Don't hold back. Don't second guess that right uppercut. That's pretty cool. Don't say yes, right uppercut. Unless you're left-handed, do left hand, you know. Focus. Thank you. All spiritual gifts. <laughs> oh no, no. Let's I tell you what, I got time. We're gonna go to prophecy. Let's learn on prophecy for a little bit. Okay. A prophet, uh, excuse me, let's look at the, the definition, the gift of prophecy. Okay. So prophecy, the gift of delivering a message from God. Okay? A prophet is basically a spokesperson for God. He or she delivers the word of God to people by means of direct revelation. This is a spiritual gift that the church as well has shied away from for years. And the Bible tells us not to shy away from this gift. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 19, 19 through 21. I'm actually going to break this down line by line. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Do not despise prophecies. He's telling us that. And we got churches that are scared to death to teach it. Man, that scares me. What else are they not teaching that's in that book? First line. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Don't stop the Holy Spirit from working. That's all that means, guys. Don't stop it. Let it happen. Do not despise prophecies. Accept a prophetic word. Accept that. But test everything. This is very important. Always test anyone who prophesies over you. Make sure it lines up with Scripture and then always test the Spirit. Okay, testing the Spirit, the book of 1 John, it tells you if somebody comes to you with a prophetic word, you ask them a question. Is Jesus Christ the Son of God? Did he die on the cross and raise on the third day? If it's a true child of God, you'll know by the answer. It'll stay with you or it'll fade away. 
And you also, when those, when those spirits test you like that, let's say it's not even an individual. Let's just say it's the evil one that's testing you in your mind, okay? I've talked about this a lot. When, when you have, okay, y'all seen the cartoon where you got the devil on one shoulder and, and an angel on the other one, right? Okay? Like what we watch, Emperor's New Groove, we were watching that the other night. That big gronk guy, you know, he had them on both sides. This one over here, we'll just say this is, you know, the evil one. He's telling you something, right? This one over here is telling you something. This is what I literally do. I literally look to my left, and I ask that question. And if I hear nothing, I've scared him away. And I look to my right, and I ask that one. And all I can do is hear it. And all I have is peace. Guys, spiritual warfare is so real. It happens, I don't know, to me, 20, 30 times a day. That's not just your thoughts, guys. You're not that smart. Those are evil and holy spirits trying to talk to you. Test the spirits. When you feel something, when you feel a nudge, it's like I was talking about earlier about that nudge to go tell that testimony. You know, test that spirit. Just make sure. Is this the Holy Spirit telling me this? Or is this the evil one trying to trick me into something? Last one. Hold fast to what is good. Guys, if the prophetic word that you're given lines up, with the word of God and you pray and you feel peace about it and you test that spirit you run with it you don't jog with it or walk with it you run with it you grab it and you go don't hesitate again do not hesitate a dear friend of mine um, he wasn't really a <laughs> wasn't really a close friend at that point in time he was just an acquaintance and a customer See, this was two and a half years ago. I got a phone call one day at the jewelry store. Um, guy on the phone, I, I can tell he's, he's nervous. Um, he says, Micah, you know I, know, I know we don't know each other that well. He said, but I've got something i got to tell you. I said, okay. He, he couldn't tell me. He was, he was struggling. He kept starting. He was like, Micah, I don't want you to think I'm crazy. Well, now I know he is, but, I mean, at the time... He just kept saying that. I don't want you to think I'm crazy. Please understand, you know. And I finally stopped him and I said, is this a word from God? And he said, yeah, it is. And I said, come on, I'll accept it. So he begins to tell me at that time, um, we were opening a third location uh, and we were looking at the Longview area. We had ended up opening in Marshall, but we were looking in the Longview area. And he tells me on the phone, he said, Micah, God gave me a vision. And he said, in this vision, you're driving down 155, which is a highway between Longview and Linden, Texas. And he said, I don't know what you're doing. And he said, but you get in a car wreck. He said, and you die. Immediately, I test the spirit. Immediately. God, is this of you? Or is this the evil one? And I had nothing but peace. You see, what this friend was doing, he was giving me a warning. He wasn't telling me I was going to die. What he didn't know, number one, is that I had been driving on 155 at least twice a week. He had no clue about that. 
The other thing that he didn't know was just a few days before that, I was driving on 155, going over Lake of the Pines, texting and driving, and almost ran off the bridge. He also told me that the bridge was in this vision. He did tell me there was a white truck and a white 18 wheeler, so I ain't gonna lie. Every time I go down 155 and I see a white truck and a white 18 wheeler, like I'm pulling over the side of the road, like every time to this day. But guys, here's what I'm getting at. Number one, I love the obedience of this man. How hard is that, right? How hard is it to have a prophetic word that you don't know how somebody's going to take it? To have the obedience to tell me, but then to give me a warning. So I immediately quit texting and driving. And I'm not going to lie, I stayed off of 155 for a long time. Guys, God was giving me a warning through somebody. Now, I could have thought he was crazy. I could have completely dismissed it. But the thing is, is I tested the spirit. And I knew that it was right. I knew it was good. I knew it was a warning. If not for that man, I would say, if he doesn't have the obedience to give me a prophetic word, I'm going to say my kids are fatherless, and we're not all sitting in this room right now. Y'all give Will Green a round of applause. <laughs> Love you, Will. <clears throat> Always got my back, man. Dang it. I know, man. I love you, dude. <clears throat> okay, okay. Let's go on. So, all the spiritual gifts we've learned about in the last few weeks, guys, uh, they can help build God's kingdom in a mighty way. But they're nothing without the most important gift from the Holy Spirit. I ended this the last two weeks with this. We're going to end it again. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. If you have the gift of prophecy, like Will, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, like me, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains... But do not have love, I am nothing. 1 Corinthians 13, 3. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love. Love conquers all. None of these gifts I've been teaching on mean jack squat if you don't have love. That's the most important thing. That's why I know that spiritual gifts aren't crazy and weird. Because they're based off of God's love. He gives those to us as a gift. It's a spiritual gift. It's a gift. Who gets a gift and doesn't open it? Like, what kind of weirdo does that? Like, you got to open the gift, right? How many gifts do y'all have left unopened that he's tried to give you? Think about that. All because you thought it was weird? Crazy? That's only because you've learned it the wrong way. Stick around the next couple weeks. I'm going to continue to teach you the right way, the way of order, the way that it should be done. Disorder is not supposed to be in the church, period. And we won't allow it to be here. I promise you, our security team is bad to the bone, man. They will grab somebody up if they ain't doing it right and get them out of here. I got to end this with one more story, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. Uh, yesterday, um, for the last couple weeks, 
I have really struggled uh, at the house. My house has been struggling. My family has been struggling. Um, you know, I preached not too long ago, and I'm going to give you credit this time when I say this, Bo. You know, we are the thermostat that sets the temperature in the home, right? Men, husbands, fathers, right? That's us. I have not done a good job in the last two weeks. I didn't even realize it. I had been selfish, very selfish. Friday, I went to visit the other two locations, and on the way back, spent a lot of time in prayer. You know, God, show me what I need to do. I got to get my house back in order. Father, I'm not doing a good job. Where did I mess up? What did I do wrong? And he says, reach out to Will. I'm thinking, I'm driving down 155, and he says, reach out to Will. <laughs> so I waited till I got through 155, and I reached out to Will. <laughs> Will gives me this extremely long story. There's no need for all that. But there was one word in that story, and it was selfishness. And I knew that was probably for me. Because he said, I don't know who this is for. I don't know if it's for me. I don't know if it's for Bible study. But I didn't tell him that it was for me yet, because I didn't want him to think I was selfish. So that was on Friday. Yesterday, I'm, I'm, I go to the gym, and, and I'm at the gym, and I'm there for 15 minutes. I left the house. Um, Amanda had just woke up. I had heard her kind of moving around upstairs, but I knew I needed to get to the gym, work out, and then I had to come up here for a meeting. I get to the gym, and I'm 15 minutes in, and God immediately says, you have not hardly seen your family in two weeks. Your wife is downstairs right now by herself, no kids around, to where you can visit and talk with her, and you're at the gym? And immediately, that word, selfishness, slapped me right in the face. I turned around, I went straight home. Now what had happened, men, and I need you all to know this, again, we set the tone in our house. We are that spiritual leader. And for you moms that are not married, you do for your children. Amen? As soon as I got to the house, Leroy told a story a long time ago about a gentleman who would pray at a tree or leave everything at a tree right outside of his house. He'd pull up at his house, all the stuff that was bothering him that day, all the issues that he had, all the stress, all the anger. He would go to this tree, and he'd talk to that tree about it. And when Leroy said that, I was like, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. <laughs> so yesterday, I pull up at the house, and I can't help but notice this tree and I see it all the time, but it stood out yesterday at my house. It's got a swing on it that we put on there for the kids. It's a Bradford pear. It was in bloom. It's beautiful. And when I got out of the car, God said, go leave it at the tree. As soon as I put my hand on that tree, act of obedience, I had complete emotional and spiritual healing immediately. It just washed off of me. I went inside and went straight to my wife. I got down on my knees and we prayed together. I rebuked Satan and claimed him out of my home. That's serious stuff, okay? And the thing is, as I went back and looked at the timeline, the reason why we were struggling at home 
was because I had allowed him in my home. I had allowed pride and selfishness in my home. Men, when you walk in your house with that junk, it spreads like wildfire. Leave it outside. So from now on, when I get home from work, I'm going to go to that Bradford Pair. I'm going to pray over it. I'm going to scream at it. I'm going to leave all my junk right there before I go in my home. It's just like going to the elders and getting anointed with oil. That Bradford pear ain't healing nothing. It's the act of obedience that heals. 